Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We are looking at the playoff picture. Not quite through week 15 in the NFL, but to be fair... The Packers have an outside shot at the playoffs, as in a real outside shot at the playoffs, and the Rams have zero shot at the playoffs. Is technically, they're still alive. Cardinals are not, though. They have been eliminated. Four in ten. Arizona has dropped four consecutive games. On Sunday, falling. Shoot, who do they play? I forgot. Don't tell me. Denver. What? That's why I forgot, because Denver never wins anything. <laughs> Forgettable. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Although, I, I should remember that, though, because Colt McCoy got knocked out with a concussion, and they were down to their third-string quarterback, Trace McSorley. This is coming off of the Kyler Murray torn ACL. So, it's gone from bad to worse for the Cardinals. And I don't know what changes they make in the offseason. They can't make the Kyler Murray change, because... There isn't a team out there that will trade for him, and that would be at a severe penalty to the Cardinals. They just gave him that big, fat contract before the season started. So similar to the Broncos, actually, they're stuck, quote-unquote, with this QB. So Cardinals and Broncos actually did have a winner, (laughs) but one of those games that we're not spending a whole lot of time on But in the NFC West, the Cardinals have been officially eliminated, though the Rams are still technically alive. They are in Green Bay. I hear there could be snow at Lambeau coming up on Monday Night Football to wrap Week 15. Mayhem, I tell you, mayhem. The Niners going back to Thursday, clinch a playoff spot. The Bills on Saturday lock up a playoff spot for the fourth straight year. In the snow. The Vikings finally clinched the NFC North and the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, lock up a division title. There's seven consecutive years atop the West. In addition, the Cowboys take advantage of the Giants' win over the Commanders. And now they are in the playoffs as well. Likely the top wild card, though there's still a chance they could win the NFC Beast division title. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. We've got a whole new slate of games to talk about this hour here on the show. Back in studio after 1,100 miles. That's what it took me to get back to from Thursday afternoon until Sunday night, 1,100 miles. My path was relatively 
nutso my last three days were definitely crazy. But I got nothing on the NFL in week 15. So we're asking you, what was the nuttiest thing you saw during this wild weekend of football? And honestly, if we're just labeling it football, Argentina and France and the World Cup final could certainly fit in that category. Argentina almost had to win this game twice. But congratulations to Messi. He now says he will not retire from the World Cup and from the national team. And so he wants to be back in four years or three and a half years when they are playing in the United States and are the defending champions, either the U.S., the Canada, Mexico, I guess. We're talking North America for the next World Cup. This was a a lot of fun over two weeks. And every now and then we get those storybook endings, those incredible moments that we'll never forget. And that's messy. Mid-30s, this has always been the knock against him that they'd never won a World Cup, even though he's one of the best players we've ever seen on the international stage. Can't say that anymore. It's a little bit like an athlete finally winning a Super Bowl ring after all the years of being told that was the knock. That kept you from being great. Remember John Elway, late in his tenure with the Broncos, that was what people said about him. Well, sure, he's an amazing quarterback, but this is not what people say about Dan Marino. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but... Charles Barkley, Hall of Famer, but Chris Paul, Hall of Famer, but. Well, in Messi's case, Mount Rushmore, and there are no more buts. The Mount Rushmore of soccer, and now the World Cup title to go along with it. Awesome. Messi, 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 Messi. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're still going through all the wacky and wild and weird and wonderful finishes in the NFL in week 15. We'll get to Bills and Dolphins coming up in 15 minutes here on the show. But we want to dabble in the AFC West, if you don't mind. The Broncos actually had a fairly undramatic finish against the Cardinals. Comparatively, let's go to LA, where it's the Titans and the Chargers. Now, points were hard to come by in this one. It was a 14-7 lead for the Chargers late in the fourth quarter. Tight end either side. Raider motions into the backfield. Tannehill sneaks. They push him. Touchdown, Titans! Ryan Tannehill's second rushing touchdown of 2022, and he is going to wobble to the sidelines (laughs) with that injured ankle. The Titans will not go for two. They will kick for the extra point. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That ties the game at 14. 74 yards, two minutes. And even with the gimpy ankle, it's Ryan Tannehill on third and goal from the one-yard line. So that ties the game. But there's still 48 seconds remaining in this one. Now, you know... 
Brandon Staley thinks Justin Herbert is a gangster quarterback. But it's one thing to say it. It's another to see it over and over again. 17 to 20 yards away from Cameron Dicker range. 32 seconds left. Three left, Mike Williams and Eckler right. And Herbert under duress, scrambling away. Sets his feet, throws downfield. Adjustment caught, Mike Williams. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Inbounds, 20 seconds left at the 20. They spot the ball. Herbert right up on it. And he's going to spike it with 14 left. (laughs) That might be my favorite moment of any of the play-by-play from the weekend. He doesn't have anything else to add except laughing, which is so me. I think that's amazing. On Chargers Radio, that's Mike Smith and Matt Smith. I'm sorry. Matt Smith and company. If you want to tell me who the analyst is, Jay, if you find it, let me know. Or if someone out there is listening and can tell me who the Chargers analyst is on their radio network on Twitter, A-Law Radio. So, yeah, as we hear with Mike Keith on Titans Radio, Gimpy Ryan Tannehill ties the game with about 48 seconds left, only to see Justin Herbert grab the ball, grab control, and then a Mike Williams who twists up into the air between two defenders grabs that ball and brings it down for 35 yards, which then sets up a last-second kick. This will be a 43-yard kick from the right hash. Snap. Kick is up, and it is good! Oh, Cameron Dicker puts the bolts up three with four seconds to go. What a drive. He doesn't have a pulse. He just swung his leg, turned around to high-five the holder. He didn't even watch it go through the uprights. He was so confident. Well, that's kind of cool. If you can kick the ball and then turn and walk off. Once again, the call on Chargers radio. And so, with the game hanging in the balance and the Chargers understanding what's on the line, Herbert directs a 52-yard drive. Over 44 seconds, but the bulk of that drive comes on the Mike Williams. He's one of those receivers that when he's healthy, there isn't anything he can't do. He's big. He's physical. He's obviously talented. He's got great body control. He can leap. He can muscle. And he'll fight you for the football. Mike Williams is so talented. The issue has just been... Can he stay on the field? Game-winning drive. This is exactly what the Chargers needed at home. Justin plays like he always does. He's patient um, and then, you know, was able to make big plays for us. He was able to find Keenan and Mike today. Um, You know, again, you you find out about your quarterback in two minutes. We didn't play well, you know, as an offense. And it starts with me. Can't turn over the ball like that. And so, um, you know, I've got so much respect for the defense for, for coming up with stops like that. He actually had two interceptions. I think one was late in the first half, if I remember correctly, and another was in the second half. And so the Chargers lose the turnover battle. But relatively clean game. Just didn't take advantage of their opportunities when they had them. 313 yards for Justin, but two interceptions. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back in Nashville... The Titans are going the wrong way. 
they waste another 100-yard performance from Derrick Henry. He actually had 100 yards rushing, but also four catches for 60 yards. Tannehill sucks it up and is able to be out there despite the pain in his ankle. And yet the defense gives up that 35-yarder to Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson, oh my gosh. Mike Williams. There goes the perfect show. Joking, joking. It was gone a long time ago. And this is now four straight losses for the Titans. We got to put everything into it to another week. Um, eliminate some of the mistakes. Execute better. We'll continue, or you'll continue to try to pinpoint it on one person. It's not that. It's a you know cumulative um, operation. And when it's done well, you know I think we can win football games. Obviously, you want to win. You, know, you come, you, you you play every game to win. We wanted to come out here, get a win, get back on track. Obviously, that didn't happen. So, um, got to uh, got to regroup and um, and get ready for the next one. So the Chargers now sit at eight and six. They've won back to back games, and I think it's necessary for them to not just keep their forward momentum because of the AFC being so crowded for those wild card spots but also to keep the Raiders on their heels. The Raiders are starting to play, well, more winning football than not. <laughs> so right now, the Raiders are at 6-8, and eight, a couple games back of the Chargers. But they're both looking up at the Chiefs, who finally clinch a playoff spot on Sunday. It did not come without duress. There was plenty of that. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The Chiefs are supposed to be able to handle the Texans, right? Of course, that was the case with the Cowboys. They were supposed to be able to handle the Texans. Say what you want about Houston. I've said it plenty. They don't have a lot of talent. They don't have a franchise quarterback. They've dropped nine in a row. But they fight for Lovey Smith. They fight for pride. And... You give them extra opportunities, they'll do what they can to take advantage. So a pair of Kansas City fumbles in this game, and the Texans were more than willing to turn those takeaways into points. Davis Mills in the gun, Freeman to his right. Mills calls for the ball. Here's the snap. Davis looking. Davis has time. Now he scrambles out to the left. Davis is going to run. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Davis Mills! On the run, 17 yards, and the Texans retake the lead. So 14 points off two Kansas City fumbles, and this concerns me a little bit about the Chiefs. They're turning the ball over more often lately. Patrick Mahomes, guilty, and he would tell you that he's guilty, but he's still Patrick Mahomes and does his best work with the ball in his hands. Snap to Mahomes. Pump faking, now moving to his left. Angling, will he run it? He will. At the far side angle and stretches out. Touchdown! Kansas City! The Chiefs regain the lead on a record-setting run by Mahomes. More rushing touchdowns by any quarterback in Kansas City Chiefs history. That's Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. So, yeah, yeah, Patrick passes another milestone, shatters another record every time he gets out there. And his... Game, his his stat line was impressive. 36 of 41, 336 yards, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. 
But this game still hung in the balance because of a couple of fumbles and because the Texans, they love a challenge. I actually like that about them. I feel the same way about the Bears. They're not coming away with wins, but they're still giving it what they've got. So this game goes into overtime, and there is a punt on the first possession by the Chiefs. Texans ball at their own 13. Snap to Mills. Looking left. She's trying to pressure. And now Mills will scramble. Gets across the 15. The ball's out. Willie Gage Jr. recovers a fumble in overtime at the Houston 25-yard line. Three receivers in a triangle to the left side. Mahomes hands it off to McKinnon. Trying to dart left. 25-20 downfield block. 10-5. Touchdown! Kansas City! Terrific run by Jarek McKinnon to win the game in overtime on a 26-yard run. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC West for a seventh consecutive year. That's second all-time in National Football League history in division dominance. And they join the 79 Rams in winning the West for a seventh consecutive time. Mitch Holtis with the capper on Chiefs Radio. So he has back-to-back plays. Davis Mills fumbles in overtime on the Texans' first possession of the extra period. And then the second the Chiefs get the ball back, hand off to Jarek McKinnon, and he's gone. And so that's how they win the West. It happened so fast. It was just, you know, we were trying to get our thoughts together on the last the previous drive. And, um... I don't know who made the fumble. Was it Frank? I think it was a Frank. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just thankful for the opportunity because, you know, and in, in that specific situation, you know, as often as we is, we definitely want to go down and score and make it hard. So, uh, you know, it's a big play by Frank, man, to give us a chance, have a chance to win the game. And um, then, you know, once we got the ball back, uh, everybody was just like, we need to score. So we know we have a, a lot to work on uh, to clean up, at least uh, with the turnovers and the penalties. Um, but uh, you have to celebrate. I mean, we still won the AFC West, and uh, you have to enjoy that. And I told the guys to do that and enjoy it for, like, the plane ride home and, and tonight. But we got a short week this next week, so I uh, enjoy it, and then we'll get back, right back to it. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, winners of the West for the seventh straight year. But it's not perfect. They lose the turnover battle, and how about this little stat? A season-high 102 penalty yards. That's a lot of yards. You want to know why the Texans were in this game and even had the lead late? Well, because you gave them 100 yards in penalties. That's astounding. Not something generally that you get from these Chiefs. And yes, they win the West. A win is a win is a win is a win. But it definitely leaves the sour taste. I got this tweet from Tyler, A-Law Radio. Former NFL scout Daniel Jeremiah is the analyst for the Chargers. We love Daniel. We've had him on the show here before. We should reach out to him. Thank you, Tyler, for that info. And we're also asking you, what's the craziest thing you saw this weekend in the NFL? Well, in football. It can include the World Cup, of course. Their football. Our soccer. We're going to get our Mortification Monday poll up. There's plenty of misery to go around. And that would include the Dolphins. They have faded in the AFC East. In fact, only the Bills 
have a W in that division this weekend. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Third and goal from the five. Bills down by eight. 9-14 left to play in the game. Devin Singletary in the backfield with Josh. Allen takes the snap. Wants to throw, steps up in the pocket, fires into the end zone, and is caught. Dawson Knox, touchdown, Buffalo! This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. This wasn't a crazy comeback of sorts or a finish that would necessarily cause your jaw to drop open. But what does cause your jaw to drop open is the athleticism and the variety of plays that Josh Allen can make. Now, he's not perfect, and he'd be the first one to tell you. He has a fumble earlier in the second half against Miami on Saturday night that leads to a Dolphins field goal. This is after the Dolphins have come all the way back and taken the lead. And so at this point, the Dolphins are up 29-21, and early in the fourth quarter, the Bills get the ball back. This drive was so efficient It was powerful, 75 yards in under three minutes. And as you hear the Dawson Knox touchdown, they do tack on the two-point conversion after that to tie the game. But the Dawson Knox touchdown is from the five-yard line. The big chunk play on this drive is Josh running 44 yards. He is... A load. I say that as complimentary as I possibly can. He's a load. I don't worry about him getting hurt because he's so big. Big and beefy and strong. And he would run over most defenders once he gets a full head of steam. So the 44-yard run sets up the Dawson Knox touchdown which ultimately ties the game in the fourth quarter. John Murphy on Bill's radio. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The Dolphins have an opportunity, but they do a whole lot of nothing with it. They keep it three three minutes, but they ultimately punt. It's a five and out, if you will, which puts the ball right back in the hands of the Bills. Now, this is the tale of two teams. Whereas the Dolphins do nothing with their opportunity and they can't keep it away from the Bills and they don't score. In the snow, kind of. It didn't really snow furiously until the game was over. But when the Dolphins give the ball back to the Bills, there's six minutes left on the clock. Miami never sees the football again. Buffalo holds it for the next six minutes and marches 86 yards to get in position for a game-winning field goal. Here we go. The game on the line. The snow is flying. 25-yard field goal try for Tyler Bass. The win hangs in the balance. The snap is good. The hold is good. The kick is up. The kick is good. It is good. 
The fireworks go off. The Bills go back to the playoffs for the fourth consecutive year. This crowd is going crazy. Coach Dorsey um, called a heck of a game, being patient, you know, let, trusting, trusting his guys on the field, um, trusting me, you know, to make the right decisions. Um, so, yeah, we, he found some, some good plays that we kept going back to, and, uh, you know, our offensive line kept executing our running backs, ran the ball hard, and, you know, just found a way. Very humbling. Um, you know, just coming here, moving my family here years ago, um, Terry and Kim giving, giving me and my family an opportunity to, to do this for the first time, and, um, you know, really just um, a product of great people, really great people around our organization. Uh, I'm one piece of it, really. Almost like it was all supposed to happen, right? It was like, uh, I mean, we didn't see much snow. That We thought we were going to see a lot more snow than we did. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Josh goes down, takes the offense down, scores, and it starts just coming down. Um, it was just, it was, it was actually kind of surreal. Uh, it was fun, fun atmosphere, though. Jordan Boyer, Sean McDermott, and Josh Allen. Fourth consecutive trip to the postseason, though they have not yet locked up the AFC East division title. Bills are now 11-3. and three. The Dolphins have dropped three in a row. Remember, when Tua came back, they won five straight. Now they've dropped three in a row. And I know the, the Bills on a Saturday night or Orchard Park on a Saturday night in the snow, that's a tough thing. But this is a essentially a one big long road trip for them where they were on the West Coast. Remember, they were at the 49ers. Then they were at the Chargers. And then at the Bills. And so this is a really difficult stretch. A lot of adversity here. They still have Patriots and Jets in their division to wrap up the season, as well as the Packers on Christmas Day. But for the Dolphins, they're going the wrong way. This is not what they anticipated after they had won those five straight and got to a healthy it's a gut check for sure, um, but I know the guys aspire to be um, great. Well, this is this is one thing that uh, only great people can do is really go all in, really invest, um, spend a lot of time, uh, and do everything the right way and still come up short. If this is how games are going to be, you know, down to the wire, um, you know, then 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 so be it. You know, it it. it really shows, you know, how much you need to execute offensively, defensively, in the special teams, um, in all phases of the game to to come out with a a win against a team like this. I would agree with Tua and before that Mike McDaniel that these types of games, this adversity, they push you, they stretch you, they definitely show you what you're made of and also expose your weaknesses. But this is how you grow. This is how you address them. The experience to be in these close and late situations on the road, hostile crowd, it's cold. The conditions are not like Miami. All of those things can turn the Dolphins into a better football team because, let's face it, conditions are not always perfect. The game doesn't always go the way you want it to. No team starts out the year ready to win a championship you got to face adversity. You've got to go through some tough stretches, and the Bills have definitely done that. But I like how they fought back. I like how they followed up 
a bad play or a bad moment with the best of what they have to offer. This is after the Dolphins put up 13 points in the third quarter and take the lead. After Josh Allen fumbles and the Bills go down by eight, they save the best for last. And that's a good sign of a battle-tested team. You don't lick your wounds. You don't feel sorry for yourself. You don't start blaming the refs or somebody else. Nah, you figure out a way to fix it. The Chiefs do that. And incidentally, Bills and Chiefs, top two records in the AFC, 11-3. and Now, as we mentioned, Buffalo has the tiebreak head-to-head against Kansas City earlier in the season. Chiefs have already won the West. Bills have at least clinched a playoff spot. Every other team in the AFC East lost this weekend, not the Bills. So they are creating separation now, up by three games on the Dolphins. Coming up, we have not yet talked about your Lions. (laughs) Or the Steelers, actually. The Steelers and the Browns are sitting on the bottom of the AFC North at 6-8. and Same record as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Same record as the Raiders. So they're poised, just in case. It's still a very long shot for a team in the AFC that's below 500 right now to get into the playoffs because the conference is thick around the middle. But without Kenny Pickett, a run game that surely made Mike Tomlin proud. And then the Lions and the Vikings. <laughs> Just, you want to talk about two of the more dramatic finishes in the NFL this weekend. They come from the NFC North. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. We'll get that Mortification Monday poll up for you. Also on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. And then on our Facebook page. I got this tweet from Dave, having my coffee in the garage. Good morning. Okay, I really hope your garage is heated or that you're in a warmer climb because that sounds really cold. (laughs) But good morning to you. We're glad to have you with us. Thanks for hanging out. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Man on to punt for New York, right up against the back of that end zone. There's the snap. He's got it. Punts away. Holly Raymond under it at the Jet 47. Shakes a man there. Gets to the 40. Picks up a block to the 30. There he goes. Left sideline 20. Cuts it back at the 10. Five. End zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Holly Raymond. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The Detroit Lions are turning into a dangerous team. What? Yeah, I'm going to say it again. The Detroit Lions are turning into a dangerous team. And that means more of Dan Miller, which I love. The Raymond punt return touchdown opens up the scoring in the first quarter against the Jets. 7-0. Points hard to come by. This wasn't the typical Detroit Lions offensive performance. They're one of the best offensive teams in the NFL, but that Jets defense is one of the best at its craft. 
And so this was much more of a struggle. And it was the struggle for the Jets offense too. No Mike White, not able to play after the bruised ribs or whatever it is that he's dealing with in his midsection. The Jets were somewhat cryptic about it. We didn't find out that Zach Wilson was starting until the weekend. But he did have some moments. He definitely had some moments where you could see that the potential is there, though that's always been the idea with Zach. Two receivers tight left, tight right Garrett Wilson. Play action, rolling out to his left, Zach Wilson. Sets up, flips it, deep right sideline, and he's caught by Uzama. Breaks a tackle at the five, into the end zone, touchdown. Oh, there's the confidence boost that Zach Wilson needs. Flipped it all the way across the field to Uzama, and the Jets are on the board. That's Bob Wischusen on Jets Radio. Man, we got some great announcers in this game between Dan and Bob. 40 yards to C.J. Uzama. 40 yards? Wait a minute. That wasn't 40 yards. That touchdown was was right on the goal line, actually. Unless I'm missing something. Anyway, 4.41 to go in the fourth quarter. And the Jets are game. I like this. I like the fact that they show some fight. And I think that's important. I think most people would tell you that the Jets are ahead of schedule, maybe. They weren't really expected to make the playoffs this year. And so, to to think about where they are, where they've been above 500, that's huge in Robert Sala's second season. But these are still the games that you look back and think, what if? It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So that one-yard touchdown pass to C.J. Uzama comes on third and goal. And it's just a quick flip by Zach Wilson. And the Jets are in front, 17-13. But there's a lot of time left on the clock for Jared Goff. Oh, think about it. When was the last time you said anything like that? There's so much time left on the clock for Jared Goff. Fourth and about a foot for the Lions, just shy of midfield. Goff up under center. Justin Jackson alone back. Goff's going to throw it. Back and looking, throws wide open left side. Brock Wright with it to the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Cuts back at the 10. To the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh my. 51 yards. Goff to Brock Wright. And the Lions are back in front. Oh, baby. How big is that? It was pretty big. <laughs> that maybe was a rhetorical question, but it was pretty big. Brock Wright rumbles 51 yards through traffic. And from midfield, he gone on a fourth and one. Whoa. Though there's still one last chance for the Jets. Zach Wilson does move them into field goal range. Only this kind of. Greg Zerline misses from 58 yards. He had the distance, but he didn't have the direction. And so here are the Lions who score with under two minutes to go. A little bit of the cardiac kids in them. And now they're back. To 500. Dan Campbell's team has won six of seven. I mean, our defense has to take the field with 149, three timeouts by the opponent. And, uh, you know, to get in field goal range. And, and we stop them, man. We come up with some critical sacks and uh, hurries. And, you know, we covered well. And so we just, man, it was it was great. And I think that's part of the, 
uh, mature maturing process, the growth, everything, because I don't know if we'd have made those plays early in the year, you know, something, it would have gone the other way, but that just shows we're really, we're getting more mature and we're, we're, we're becoming more disciplined in the critical moments. Feels like so many times in years past, I mean, you've been a part of it where we find a way to lose. And I think good teams have really learned how to win and we're finding ways to win when it isn't pretty. And that's kind of says a lot about this team and this culture. Lion center Frank Craig now talking about things are changing in Detroit, which I think is huge. Now, Jared Goff has a lot to do with that, though it's not just him. But clearly, the offense, which is averaging over 100 yards on the ground per game, something that the Lions have been missing, is a competent run game for years. Goff is playing some of his best football. He's not turning the ball over as much. And he's confident and comfortable in those close and late situations where he has to lead a game-winning drive. I wasn't playing my best ball, certainly, there in the second half. And... um you know, felt like, a, you know, okay, here's a drive where we can kind of, you know, make up for all all lost previously. And uh, Brock made a great play. But, yeah, it was fired up, and um, our whole team was fired up. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but uh, we got it done in the end. We were just telling ourselves finish and um, just happy we came out with the win on that one. Beware of the Detroit Lions. I got a tweet earlier. Let me see if I can find it from a Lions fan because I've been asking, are you guys feeling more comfortable, more confident in the team, feeling like you can maybe stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. Who says we can't get flexed? See what I mean? If he believes, maybe you should believe. Let me see if I can find that that tweet. Mm. Lots of Commanders fans who are mad about the calls late on Sunday Night Football. Taylor says, I think I speak for all Lions fans. Ah, that's a dangerous game to play. I think I speak for all Lions fans when I say we are not the same old Lions. Dan Campbell has brought a culture shock to this organization, and Ben Johnson, who's the OC, is a genius. This is the foundation of something special. How about that? I like it. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So, yes, the Lions are 7-7, seven and seven, second place in the NFC North, looking up at the Minnesota Vikings, who finally clinched the North Division title on Saturday. But they decided to just go out there and win a game against the Colts would be boring. They actually spotted the Colts a 33 to nothing lead. And then had to scratch and fight and claw to get out of what was a massive hole. Cousins takes the shotgun snap, back to pass, quick throw, left side, caught by Cook along the numbers, 40, 45, cuts right, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, Cook to the 20, cuts left, 15, down to the 10, inside the 5, diving in the end zone, touchdown Minnesota, touchdown Vikings. Cousin hands in front of his chest, he waits, he's got the snap, fakes the handoff, looking left, looking right, throws over the middle, it's caught, we're tied, Hawkinson made the catch. And with 2.15 to go, the Vikings have tied it up from 33 down. It is 36 all. All that was left was for them to get in position for a game-winning field goal. Snap spot. Joseph, right-footed kick. It is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have completed the greatest comeback in the history 
of the National Football League. That's Paul Allen on Vikings Radio. Before that, Ryan Radke on Westwood One. But you needed to hear some Paul with the game-winning field goal by Greg Joseph. Are you kidding me? Dalvin Cook, he wasn't at a loss for words, but I think he expresses what most Vikings fans were feeling. We just want to say thank you to all the fans that did quit on us today. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! It's, it's really the goal every year when the season starts is to win your division, get a home playoff game, get in the dance, and then let it sort out from there. And um, so that's the first goal. We've been able to secure that. But we got to play a lot better. You know, we got to play better football to win in the playoffs. And um, um, obviously there's a lot to play for still with our seating. So you hear Kirk Cousins there on NFL Network. Before that, Dalvin Cook. Let's go! <laughs> I don't know that Let's we'll... <laughs> go! <laughs> I don't know that we'll... It was a raucous atmosphere. Skull inside U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't know that we'll get to Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday. Primarily, I think Jeff Saturday uh, is worth hearing because of his experience in the NFL, the ups and downs of being a player. You kind of understand that nothing is ever given. You've got to play all the way through. But yes, largest comeback in NFL history from down 33 nothing to a win. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.